Welcome back to Secondary Sideline. I'm your host, Tara Gillespie, and today we're going to be looking over week six of the 2023 NFL season. So I'm not sure if I mentioned this last episode, but at Iowa, I've been working for a news broadcast for the Daily Iowan called DITV. So I've been doing a lot of writing and interviews for that, and maybe I'll go on camera soon, but emphasis on the maybe because I get really, really bad stage fright. But if I do go on camera, I will post the video clip on my on Secondary Sideline's Instagram story. And if you don't follow that, then what are you doing? Go follow it. It's been long enough. It's time. Anywho, with that, I get to work with a lot of talented journalism majors, so I'm working on some segments to possibly maybe get them on the podcast, but no leaks. With that, week six. All right, so let's start with our biggest games, upsets, and rivalries. First and foremost, both previously undefeated teams, the 49ers and the Eagles, lost their first game under the week six belt. The Eagles lost 20-14 to to the Jets, and the 49ers lost 19-17 to to the Browns. This puts them on an even playing field with the Detroit Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are the team that I want to put some specific attention on, especially during Week 3 when they beat the Broncos 70-20, to which is the most points of any NFL team since 1966. I'd also just like to give a friendly reminder that the following week, the Broncos still beat the Bears. The Cincinnati Bengals are now 3-3, three three, which, okay... Allow me to address the obvious. They have not played as stellar as expected, but the amount of people that have texted me asking me, what's wrong with your boy, as in Joe Burrow, or what's going on with the Bengals? Like, let them cook, okay? This has happened the past three years in a row. They start off rocky, and then they're fine. But no, to be fair, their offense against Seattle did not play well at all. That win was entirely in the hands of the defense, and even head coach Zach Taylor called it an ugly win. Joe Burrow, on the other hand, said, I'm never going to apologize for winning. It's like, okay, I love you, but that simply was not your doing in the slightest. Other than those upsets with the Eagles and the 49ers, the majority of Week 6 went pretty much as predicted, so let's just move on to our injury report because it is a hefty one. Since we talked last, the injuries have skyrocketed with some of the biggest names. Starting off, Bears quarterback Justin Fields is out with a thumb injury and will not be playing for Week 7 but there's a possibility he'll be back for week 8 against the Chargers. And let's just say, when week 8 rolls around and he's back, all these other teams better watch out, because we know that Justin Fields is the answer to all of our problems. Our next one actually happened earlier on in the season, but Browns running back Nick Chubb had a terrible knee injury and underwent surgery for a torn MCL, so he is out for the remainder of the season. Saquon was out in week 2 with an ankle injury, but was back by this week, but now Daniel Jones is questionable with a neck injury. Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson is out with a hamstring injury, but only expected to miss four to six weeks, luckily for my fantasy team and the Vikings. And then Christian McCaffrey is deemed questionable for his oblique, whatever the hell that is, and Debo Samuel is out due to his shoulder, which can explain their first loss of the season being this week. So for my fantasy projections segment on this podcast, my goal was to talk about all three of my fantasy teams but I actually forgot the password to two of my teams on ESPN Fantasy and therefore have absolutely no idea what's going on for those teams. Like, I don't know if I'm number one or number 12. I genuinely have no idea. So, for my 
Yahoo team, because they never do me dirty and allow a password reset, um, I am ranked 10 out of 12. Those big scorers like Justin Jefferson, um, Kenny Pickett, (laughs) they've been somewhat of a disappointment for my team. But after this episode, I can confidently say I'm going to get all my ducks in a row and finally win the championship in this league after getting second place two years in a row. Next, we have our Instagram interactions. So after this podcast is published, I'm going to ask you guys these questions and you guys are going to answer based on what you think. So I'm just going to read them off to you. Who is the better 5-1 team, the 49ers or the Eagles? What is the problem with the Bengals this year? Are the Bears going to the Super Bowl? Zach Moss or Jonathan Taylor? And best offense currently? So I actually had someone on DITV answer those questions, but I'm not going to release that until you guys answer because I want to hear what you guys say without you cheating off of a reliable source. Next, we're going to do Profile of the Week, or POTW. Um, I was going to do POW, but there's a little slight issue with that. So, anywho, the POTW this week is Tyreek Hill, who led the Dolphins this week with 163 yards and last week with 181 yards. During a touchdown celebration on Sunday, he used his cell phone to record a backflip, and even though he will probably get fined, he deserves the honor this week for and for his consistency over the past couple weeks, which I have not covered. Alright, our next segment, which I know is the favorite, is the drama and news from the week, and we are stacked. Okay. The most obvious being Taylor Swift's new presence in the NFL. I think you could live in Antarctica and still get the news that Taylor and Travis Kelsey are rumored to be dating. And if you're watching an NFL game with the Chiefs playing, they show her every millisecond, so you can go into hibernation and you still wouldn't miss her. She made her debut in week three against the Bears, and shocker, the Chiefs won. I wouldn't necessarily say that's Taylor Swift's good luck charm or her lucky presence, as a lot of people on TikTok have been saying. I think that's just the fact that the Bears could not get a first down to actually save their lives. In week four, she was pictured with Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, and Sophie Turner, who's in the midst of a divorce with Joe Jonas, so we're reaching all demographics here. She did not show up to week five, though, and then Kelsey had, like, a mini-injury, So maybe she is his good luck charm. I don't know. Twitter has said it all. What's weird, though, is that Aaron Andrews commented daddy on Travis's most recent Instagram post, which is just rather dumbfounding because she is married and has children. So, like, what? As for another NFL relationship, Haley Steinfeld and Josh Allen were spotted looking at engagement rings a couple weeks ago, but that is not my biggest issue at hand. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's like an Instagram account called Dumois or something. It's like an anonymous, it, they receive anonymous submissions about celebrities. One person emailed them saying that a famous quarterback with a longtime girlfriend is engaged and like all clues led to Joe Burrow, but neither his girlfriend, who shall not be named, or he have confirmed the engagement. And that's why I'm somewhat suspicious because let me tell you if I was engaged to Joe Burrow, the people back in Antarctica would know. Also, this is, like, really weird, but I've been following his girlfriend's sister on Instagram since, like, freshman year of high school. She has, like, a private account with less than a 1,000 followers, and somehow I got the in. And I feel like she would have posted something being like, oh, my God, my sister's engaged, like, thinking that there's no ops on there. Little do they know that the host's secondary sideline is on there. So I have an inside source. I'll keep a lookout. Other than that, no more on that. Next... George Kittle and Micah Parsons had some online beef, and this is quite the conundrum because George Kittle went to the University of Iowa, but we all know Micah Parsons is my guy. Basically, George Kittle 
during a three-touchdown game against the Cowboys, wore a shirt under his jersey saying, fuck Dallas, and then Micah Parsons said that he shouldn't want to play Dallas again. I feel like for someone who plays defense and is one of the best in the NFL, you should have a better defensive comeback than, you don't want to play us again. Like, well, they won, so like, I don't know. But yeah, let me know who you think won that fight because I'm curious, and I definitely think that if those two match up again, Micah Parsons is taking the claws out because we know what he can do. We've seen it before, and we will see it again. Our last news of the episode is that Usher announced he is going to be the Super Bowl halftime performer, and I'm going on record right now that the lights are going to turn on and he's going to sing, Oh My God. I tried to, you guys know the part I'm talking about. I tried to sing it for you like five times, and then I couldn't because it was just too embarrassing. So just imagine it, okay? And then lastly, for our Hawkeye update, the Hawkeyes are currently 6-1, which I think has come to a shock to me and most anyone that has watched any Iowa game this fall. The Hawkeyes have a total of 816 receiving yards over a seven-game span. So to put that in perspective, a team like Michigan has 1,622 receiving yards. I guess it's all to say that the Iowa offense, at least when watching games, is struggling, which we can blame a little someone named Brian Ferentz. It's universally agreed upon that Ferentz is the worst. It also doesn't help that Eric All, Luke Lachey, and Cade McNamara, our quarterback, are all out for the remainder of the season. Our offense is so bad that an NFL quarterback commented on it. I'm just going to give you a minute and let you guess who that quarterback is. Just take a second, think it through. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously, there's a clear explanation as to why he is talking shit about Iowa football, and that reason is because someone sent him an episode of Secondary Sideline. He found out I went here, and you know what? He's not doing anything for the time being, so he thought he'd comment. He thought he'd say a few words, but don't worry. We'll get him back somehow if his lack of wins over the past 17 years haven't humbled him enough. But regardless, um, Iowa will play the University of Minnesota this upcoming Saturday, and there are going to be some good matchups for Week 7, so I will talk to you then. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week.